This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Betting Weekly podcast, the English Premier League edition. And as always, we've got a cracking round of Premier League action to look ahead to. Uh, joining me to do that are first up, uh, Mr. Nigel Seeley. You've got a bit of a glow, Nigel. You've been in the sun recently? No, no, no. It's been snowing here. I'm still in snow yesterday. No, a little bit. I don't know how. I was working so much. Um, very hard grafting. But uh, yeah, no. Lovely, lovely week in Dubai. Tennis was great. Two days at the tennis, one day at the horse racing, and then two or three days relaxing in the sun. But it was uh, overcast the first day I was there. It was only two days of sunshine for me, really. But uh, And when it's out hot there, it's lovely. But it was a very nice trip. And uh, thank you, everyone, who uh, commented and gave me some stick about my tip on Manchester United <laughs> to beat Liverpool. From the... When you get it wrong, when you ever get it wrong in life, you don't want to be getting it wrong, giving it a big one and a hammock in Dubai. It's probably not the best thing <laughs> <laughs> not the best thing to do but uh, there you go I, I like the hammock video the other one where you're kind of swimming in the sea is that with a selfie stick are you using a selfie stick to keep the phone GoPro, above water? GoPro GoPro oh, there you go look at that look at that uh, also joining us uh, Jack Wright how are you my friend good to see you I'm very good yeah my part here is very limited isn't it because like I, I, you know I just I'm here Essex and that's it and uh, yeah you're going no, to such... London this weekend Paying for your well, I know, I'm venturing all the way up the road to London, yeah. Looking forward to it, indeed. We're, we're contributing towards your travel card, aren't you? Weekend <laughs> away with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ain't told her yet we're going to take in the Crystal Palace game. That'd be fine. She'll be loving it. Mm. You, Harry, you're week. good. You've got a good weekend set up, I know. Just tell her you're going to take her to the Palace in London. She thinks she's going to oh, no. Court Palace or Windsor Palace. I'll or, write that one down. Or Brackenham Palace. You're in that Crystal Palace. <laughs> The Palace in London, next to Thornton Heath, that one. Yep. <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff, guys. Let's get into it then, uh, because um, we've got six different games to talk about today, uh, which is going to be uh, very, very interesting. Before we dive straight into those, though, let's have a quick update uh, with the uh, Betting Weekly Handicappers League table. The league earn boys are continuously smashing it. At the top of the pile, look at that return. It's unbelievable. Uh, plus 23.14. If you look at the Serie A uh, show, Daniele uh, is, of course, doing brilliantly in second place. And we are in third place at the moment. Uh, Nigel, still confident of uh, topping the pile come the end of the season? Or is that dwindling? Not so, much, not so much as I was a few weeks back. Uh, I still think we'll finish in the top six. But that's one thing I would say. <laughs> but um, I, think we'll get, I think we'll get a European spot this year. <laughs> But that's not that's not any slight on this show. I mean, the league and return is just unbelievable. It feels like that is going to be difficult for anybody across the board in in any sort of betting sort of you know podcast or show or tipping service. I mean, to get that kind of return is just unbelievable, isn't it, Nigel? 
Yeah, it's exceptional. They're the best at the, what they do. They're very, very good at it, and that's why we've got them here on on, uh, on the Bet Rivers Network. And because we win, and we only we only get the best people around. Unfortunately, I couldn't find someone to, to do the Premier League, so I got Jack. But um, you know, that's just just one of those things. But uh, no, they're the, joking aside. They're exceptional, and all the people on the on the show are exceptional. So it's all good. Fantastic. Right, let's dive in then to this weekend's uh, picks. Let's come to you, Nigel. Um, Nottingham Forest against Tottenham. I think this is a really, really interesting one because of uh, what's happened to Tottenham uh, sort of in midweek, exiting the Champions League. A lot of speculation around Antonio Conte, the manager. Some of the players have come out and been uh, quite open about their feelings on how things are going at the club at the moment. Richarlison speaking out. Uh, He's the latest one. What are you going for on this one? And, And talk to us a little bit about it. Well, I'm looking to oppose Tottenham in some kind of capacity, which is a very brave move when you consider that Nottingham Forest have got the worst away record in the Premier League. They've only won one game. They've only scored three goals on the road, which is absolutely dreadful. So the sun hasn't gone completely to my head. There is a, there is a little <laughs> bit of logic behind that. You say about Tottenham that Tottenham are, you know, in, in turmoil of the losing, well, drawing in, in midweek with a real, you know, there was no effort. There was, there was they, when you get fighting for your life in the Champions League, you want a bit more effort. There was nothing from them at all. And usually Conti's going crazy on the bench. He, you know, he got a book in the first half, but never sort of passionate as what we've seen in the past. And I feel that um, it, this is, this hasn't something that's just, just happened in the last 24 hours or so. This is something that's gradually been happening over the last two months. Conti hasn't fancied his job at all. Um, he's went off for surgery for a gallbladder removal, um, which usually you would be back within a week, you know, maybe 10 days. He's, he's gone missing for four weeks, isn't he? Five weeks. He, 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 you can clearly see that he doesn't fancy the job. And it's quite surprising, really, when you consider they're in the, right, in the, right in the shake-up for the Champions League. They, I know, the, the, the big disappointment for Tottenham fans, I would think, was the performance in the FA Cup, you know, resting all their players against Sheffield United. When that Cup's there to be won or get to the final at least or a day out of Wembley, that's what clubs, they want something to look forward to. And Tottenham have just sort of fizzled out. But in their league position, they've got a lot to play for. But this now has got to a point where I think the players need some direction. They've, he's clearly lost the dressing room. He's clearly lost that. Uh, he's got some big players in that dressing room. And they're, they're making a public plea that they want Pochettino back. Now, what does that do for the manager? What does that do for the players ahead of this game? It gives Nottingham Forest a huge, huge incentive and a huge chance to, to go there and get something. They're desperate for the points at the bottom of the table. They're, unlike Tottenham, they're a club that are absolutely playing for the manager. You know, he was hours away from losing his job in the early part of the season. They've stuck with him and they've, they've done what they can do. I mean, they're, they're what, what they're positioned in the Premier League, about 17 or something like that. Um, but that that is good for them. You know, they, they're 14th, actually, sorry, 14th. So that's good for them. They're, um, you know, everyone expects them to be their bookmakers' favourites to finish bottom of the table at the start of the season, along with Bournemouth. So they're in 14th, which is remarkable when you consider how they started in the Premier League. So you've got one club that are doing it for the manager, another club that aren't. Admittedly, Nottingham Forest's uh, record is better at, well, much better at home than it is on the road. They're, as we mentioned, they're, or as I've mentioned, their road form is absolutely shocking. But I feel that Tottenham here are opposable in some kind of capacity. I'm not going to oppose them in the match. I think if you, you want to bet Forest to win, you know, don't, uh, Tottenham can't be trusted at these low prices we saw last season, this season against real, when they're heavy favourites, they don't really do the goods. But I think not the Forest plus one and a half goals here offers some kind of value. And Bet Rivers are the best price in the world here, minus 142. Uh, you know, Tottenham, the only way you're going to lose that match is if Tottenham win by two goals. In the last 11 home matches for Tottenham, They've only won by two goals in 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 um, in two games. Um, I just don't see 
Tottenham scoring many goals. If you look at their recent matches, every game's been under. They've got no creative creativity in midfield. If 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 Harry Kane doesn't score, then Tottenham don't score. It's as simple as that. Um, Son hasn't been the same player at all this season. And, and it looks like by default that they're actually in the Champions League's position. So I think Forrest go here full of confidence. They'll be buoyed by the news. And it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if we, we go into this game and Conti's actually gone. You know, we're filming this now on Thursday. 40, 24 hours is a long time in football. And I think if he, if he loses the dressing room, he's a proud man, he's a passionate man, I could see him walk. Now, that would that would be a big rebase on that bet. This this bet for me would only be if Conti's in charge, because I think if he goes or he does decide to leave, then I think Tottenham may put in a performance. But I don't see how players who are vocally unhappy with the manager and are vocally trying to approach their ex-manager to take over can lift themselves for a game like this. So I'm going to go for Nottingham Forest, plus one and a half. Forget their league form, forget their road form at the moment uh, against Tottenham at minus 140 for two. So we win if it's a draw, we win if Forest win, and we win if Tottenham only win by one goal. Can't see winning by two. Brilliant. I like that one. I like that one indeed. Um, I would, wouldn't I? Um, Jack, <laughs> <laughs> let's come on to you, mate. Um, let's go with uh, the game between Leicester City and Chelsea. Um, Leicester City haven't had the season that people expected to maybe at the start of the campaign. Neither of Chelsea, but at least with Chelsea, some signs potentially of recovery in the Champions League, at least uh, in midweek. Possibly so, yeah. But um, I really wanted to fade Chelsea this weekend. Uh, I was slightly disappointed that the game was against Leicester. As you say, Leicester have been underperforming all season. To be fair, they've been streaky. They've either been on a losing sequence or a winning sequence. That's kind of how they've gone about it this season. So, um, as I said, I wanted to fade Chelsea and I'm prepared to take Leicester on the fact that because Leicester aren't doing so well, it means that in a similar style to Nigel's bet, we're getting Leicester here with a plus half a goal start. So, a draw or a Leicester win means that we cash the ticket in this one. Um and yeah, Chelsea, you could potentially say, have started to show a little bit of recovery. Uh, they got the win last weekend against Leeds. Was it impressive? No. Uh, they struggled. They, they still look disjointed. Uh, Potter's obviously under severe pressure and it's showing. He's not hiding it really at all, is he? Uh, and, and the players are kind of seemingly sort of going through the motions. You can't quite work out what they're doing. You know, There's no real cutting edge with them. They've obviously got Havertz up front as a striker that's not really suited to that role. Um, they relied on a, a, a set-piece goal last weekend against Leeds, a header from Fafana from that corner. Um, and then, kind of, I wouldn't say they're hanging on, but it was certainly a scruffy end to that game, which they ended up winning 1-0. Um, you then go to Dortmund in the week. A big, big result. But wow, what an atmosphere that was. You, you, I only watched it on TV myself, but like flares we got. Dortmund came in there thousands and absolutely made that a brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. Chelsea players were always going to get up for that game. It was a Champions League game. It was uh, midweek under the lights. It had all the makings for it and they had to win it. And obviously, that's the, all they've got left this season to play for. So I can't put that down and say that's um, Chelsea turning the corner. That's Chelsea players kind of reacting to a big night in Europe. And um, again, you know, you look at the goal, it was the opening goal was a, a, a twice taken penalty. It was slightly fortunate to get it in the first place. Then they missed it. Lucky enough to get it retaken and score. And then Sterling's goal was um, a complete air shot, which then kind of bounced down to finish well in the end. But again, you'd certainly say there was an element of luck about that. And they relied on Kepa making two or three very good saves to kind of get them through the tie and get them qualified. They'll now have one eye on 
the next round of the Champions League. They're into the latter stages of it, get a favourable draw, and they could be well into the semi-finals final, and, and they're dreaming of that. There's nothing to play for in the league now, uh, whatever they do. Obviously, Potter's playing for um, his, his career at Chelsea, but other than that, the players will be keeping an eye on, on the bigger fish to fry. So it's all well and good at doing it. Can they do it on a cold, wet Saturday afternoon in the East Midlands? Um, I don't think they can. Leicester, as I said, have been streaky. They're not in great run of form at the minute. This addressed the elephant in the room with this bet as far as that they've not scored in their last three games. They lost to Southampton last weekend, but they are creating chances. And if they weren't creating chances, I think I would then not be playing this bet. But they are creating a lot of chances. Madison came out during the week to defend how well they're playing and that if they continue to play that way, they'll be more than safe. So kind of in contrast to the Tottenham situation, they've got the players that are behind the manager, the setup, the system. And Madison back is a massive thing, of course. He was out ill for a couple of games, was back last weekend. The rust is off a little bit, I think. You know, he still performed really, really well. Ian Acho should, could have had a hat-trick in that game against Southampton. Uh, they hit the bar as well in the latter stages. So, absolutely could have done. Same thing applied, really, when they went to Old Trafford. And uh, they should have been in front in that one. Um, and at home, they don't tend to get beaten heavily at all. Um, you know, they've, they've played all the top four at home. They've lost 1-0 to the top um, three. And the other top four side to go there was, of course, our good friends Tottenham, who got beat 4-1. I say prior to that, this three-game drought, the three games before that, they scored 10 goals. So they've got it in them. They've certainly got the players there. Um, and... I'm taking this to be a, a flat Chelsea performance against the Leicester side that have had a full week to prepare for it with the players that can go and score goals. Um, and I'll, I'm prepared to take them on. Bearing in mind, we're getting a half goal start. Nice one. Interesting pick that. Uh, Nigel, let's come uh, to you, my friend. Manchester City are on the road this week. They travel uh, to Selhurst Park. can be an intimidating place to go, uh, Selhurst Park. But as you've mentioned numerous times on the podcast this season, Palace not exactly in the finest form. So uh, what are you thinking when it comes to this one? Well, you say it's an intimidating place to go and you say that it's uh, a tough place to go. Well, it used to be two or three seasons ago. Last year, I think outside the top four in the Premier League, Palace had the best home record in the Premier League. It isn't anymore. My brother's a season ticket holder there and they've moved the ultras who stand behind the goal. They've moved them to another part of the stadium. And he says the atmosphere is worst he's seen in 20 odd years down, down at Palace it's not not anywhere near like it was you know if you went last year or the season before maybe even when they first come up to the Premier League you would say a tough a trip to Crystal Palace was a really really tough game I went when I went to with my brother when Palace played them when they first got Yaya Torre and Man City boxed the game but Palace won it and Palace have got a good record against Man City over the years mm-hmm. if you look at their record they've gone up there and won twice I think on a couple of occasions but this crop of Palace players are not at all anything near what they've seen before. Patrick Vieira is playing some of the most negative football for Palace at the moment. The Palace fans aren't happy. It seems as though he wants to bore his way out of trouble, get draws rather than go and win the games. He wants to try and get nil-nils, sets the team up for nil-nil draws. They have nothing as an attacking threat. You know, Really, really poor from an attacking threat. Um, it's all about not avoiding defeat at the moment for Palace because that's to get out of the position they find themselves in. So what you're watching with Palace is, is pretty dull. And like I say, a lot of the people, a lot of season ticket holders and a lot of Palace fans aren't happy with what they're watching at the moment. Um, if you look at Palace's record currently, they have no wins in 10. Lots of draws in that period, a few nil-nils as well. 
They've only scored five goals in those 10 matches. There's five games that they have failed not to, they have, they have failed to score as well. So that lies the problem with Palace at the moment. They're missing Sahar. Um, I still don't think he, you know, I think he's past his best really now, Sahar, when he's back in the side. I don't, I don't think he's, he's the answer to the to their hopes, but they want, they want him back as quickly as they possibly can. But Man City are on a different level at the moment. I still believe that Man City will, will grind Arsenal down. I've said it all along. I still think that they they will, you know, Arsenal just keep doing and winning, but, you know, the goal, the win against Bournemouth, and, you know, the match against Manchester United, and them last goals games, then, whereas Man City are winning easy. You know, they, they had them two draws, two 1-1 one, one draws, and then they went, won every single game since then by a wide margin. 4-1 against Bournemouth, 3-0 in the Cup, 2-0 against Newcastle. Their last five games in the Premier League, they've won by more than their five, last five matches that they've won in the Premier League have been more than a one-goal margin. So when they win, they win well, what I'm trying to say. Whereas, you know, I think Arsenal were, are using all their luck, you know, last-minute goals, eight minutes of entry time, games, they're just two goals against Aston Villa. That's You can look at it in two ways. You can look and think that that's going to win you the title or you're going to think they're going to run out of it. And I think with Man City, they're just going to keep going on this winning run. Man City, I still believe Man City can win every single game in the Premier League, bar none. That doesn't, I think they're the only team that could do that. So I'm still thinking Man City is the side you want to be as of the favourites here. But I think they'll win this and I think they'll win it well. I think Man City just win games well. They don't win games 1-0. They don't win games. They win 3-1, 4-1, 4-2. And I think playing Palace with absolutely no goal threat. And the one thing you can't say about Man City is they haven't got a goal threat. They've scored in every single game this season, in every single cup competition they played, in the cup, the league, every game they've scored. If they score two goals in this game, Palace aren't going to score. So my bet here is Man City minus one and a half. Um, it's been a bet that I've had in the last couple of weeks and both times it's won. I bet them against Newcastle, it won easy. I bet them against Bournemouth, it won easy. And I'm sticking with Man City minus one and a half against Palace. I strongly believe that they've got, they're the best squads in the Premier League. I think they picked the right team for the right job. They'll get the job done and then move to the big Champions League game in midweek in Leipzig and win that as well and uh, progress through to the quarterfinals. So Man City, to me, comfortable winners against Palace, minus one and a half goals at even money, plus 100. Looking at that game, I did look at it as one of those games that I don't expect to be a banana skin for Manchester City, but it just has that little bit of potential to be. And Nigel just completely killed that for me. So uh, yeah, I'm no longer looking forward to it. Thanks. My bet actually that I was going to play and I've just irked out of it was for Man City to keep a clean sheet. That's decent odds as well. So uh, that's one to keep. Same same kind of thought process, isn't it? But um, My only doubt, one. I think that's a good bet as well, that Jackie. My only problem is if Man City are 1-0 up with like only 70 minutes or something, they may take Haaland off. They may take someone off and rest them for the Champions League game. But I think to do that, they need to be two goals up. I think it's yeah. dangerous to do it 1-0. But once they get to... If you're putting this game in play and it's 2-0 with about 25 minutes to go, bet the 2-0. Palace won't score. Man City might ease up and just take the 2-0 and get, get to the Champions League. Got no injuries can players fit for midweek. Good stuff. Uh, Jack, let's come back to you, mate. Um, Fulham taking on Arsenal, uh, one of the early games on Sunday. Uh, big game for both sides, really. Fulham, obviously have European aspirations. It sounds crazy to say that, but they do based on where they're at this season. Arsenal, of course, chasing down the Premier League title. So um, how are you approaching this one? They certainly do. Well, these two sides, obviously, we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks about the trend in the Premier League at the moment is for low scoring, uh, under two and a half goals. Um, and these two sides definitely bucked that trend last weekend or Monday night as far as Fulham's case is concerned. Both these sides on opposite ends of a five-goal thriller. 
Uh, Arsenal, of course, winning 3-2. Fulham losing 3-2. So um, I'm going down that route and I'm actually playing the over goals in this one. Over two and a half goals at minus 121. Uh, and I feel you talked about banana skins, that Fulham are a dangerous opponent here because they've got nothing to lose and only things to gain. As you said, they've got that chance of uh, a European place, which is massively way over what their expectations would have been at the start of the season. No danger of relegation whatsoever. A little bit of a flea in their ear as well from um, Marco Silva, who said they didn't turn up in the London derby on Monday night. Well, things move quickly. They turn around quickly. And here we are, another London derby, less than seven days later uh, for them to rectify that. So um, I think Brentford rather had Fulham's number on Monday night. But Brentford tend to do that to a lot of teams, to be fair, don't they? Um, I thought it was a it was a good performance from them. Um, Fulham definitely missed Polina, which is only good for this bet. I think uh, he was a, a big miss in the middle of the park um, and allowed Brentford to certainly create more chances than we would normally expect. They could have been two or three up inside the first 10 minutes. So I'm going down the similar route here. He's missing for this one as well. We haven't picked up 10 yellow cards. So um, I'd expect Arsenal to dominate the ball, dominate the midfield and create plenty of chances. And they could well um, get off to a, a rapid start. Um, I was toying with the idea of both teams to score as a result of that. But I want to keep a sort of a three-nil scoreline on side here um, because there is that possibility of, um, you know, I say a bit of a blowout. Um, I say Fulham are a threat going forward, certainly. I so say they have looked a little bit more um, leaky towards the back, but going forward, you know, they scored in their last six games, um, and that's coincided with Mitrovic having a little bit of a goal drought as well. So he's not scored in his last five um, Premier League games, um, but they have obviously got someone who's who's turned up and come to the party. Um, in, in the shape of Manuel Solomon, who scored in uh, his five last five appearances for Fulham. He's actually scored four league goals in just 203 minutes of action for them. So he has certainly helped fill that void um, of Mitrovic. But I think Mitrovic will be up for this one. He obviously scored in the reverse as well. He doesn't tend to go too long without a goal. So he's overdue one, certainly, without trying to like you know really upset you, Harry. But these two sides are, are, are well known for their goals this season. There's no side that has seen more Goal, um, more games have over two and a half goals in Fulham. Um, 17 out of 26 have crossed that line. Uh, Arsenal aren't too far behind. They're ranked fourth in the league as far as that stat's concerned. Fourth, I'm sorry, 16 of 26 as well for them. So, um, and Arsenal, I think they've started to be a little bit more leaky at the back. Uh, they have uh, only kept two clean sheets in their last nine. Um, we, we saw them concede after nine seconds against Bournemouth, who we know aren't the strongest side in the Premier League by any stretch of the imagination. So the second quickest goal conceded in Premier League history. Um, but, you know, like I say, they're certainly showing a resilience and uh, that kind of soft underbelly that's been associated with them over the last few seasons. Certainly not there now, even going two goals down as they did at the weekend, coming back to show that they're going to go right to the last second, obviously, um, got back to 2-2 and then scored in, as Nigel said, the 98th minute of the game. So, and what I liked about it is there are a lot of players out for Arsenal, um, potentially missing Jesus and Ketia and Trossard as well. That's sort of three, would you consider, forward talents there. But other players are stepping up. And I think how Arteta has managed that as well and, and the, the team ethos behind Arsenal at the moment will mean that you know we should see them continue to go and, and, and smash some goals in in this one. Um, you know, we saw Partey get on the score sheet uh, at the weekend. Ben White got his first goal for the club, having come off the bench at half-time. Smith Rowe came off the bench as well to set that up. Then he got substituted and his replacement went and got, got the winner in Reese Nelson. So lots to like about how Arsenal are going about at the moment. As I said, you can look at it two ways, but they're certainly scoring goals. They are conceding a few. 
which makes this a top play over two and a half goals at minus 121. Should be a cracking atmosphere at Craven Cottage. It's going to be interesting as well to see how Arsenal's Europa League uh, game this evening at the time of recording impacts because you mentioned a number of forward players that are unavailable, mm. which means that Mikel Arteta probably can't rotate the team as heavily as he'd have liked to. Therefore, will there be a bit of fatigue going into Craven Cottage as well? That's another thing to probably factor in. Um, let's move on then. Uh, Nigel, another team in European action this evening, West Ham United. They're taking on Aston Villa uh, this weekend, but you don't fancy the Hammers. No, I don't. I want to get with Aston Villa. Um, I wanted to get Aston. I was going to back Aston Villa on the money line actually at a big price, but I thought to myself, uh, it's not. Let's not go out for those big prices until the final week of the season when we're desperate to catch the French boys to win the league. <laughs> then we'll pull out the three threes and try to hit one and beat them with a fifty to one shot at the end. Um, but uh, I thought no, I I, um, I wanted to, I wanted to get with that one. I want to get with Aston Villa. I think the best way to do it is get with them on the draw no bet market. I thought plus one thirty five was a big price. I really did. Um, I, I sort of, I, as you will know, when, uh, what I do when, when you come to this, I sort of have teams that I think are a bit underrated and I stick with them. So I stick with like the same plays. I stick with like, you know, Wolves to draw at half time, Man City minus one and a half. I think once they get hit and rolls, they, they can just keep going. And, and that's the middle of a side that I really want to be with at the moment because I'm, I don't think they're being priced up in how they're, they're currently they're playing. I think they're playing really, really well. Uh, I mean, their last two matches have been very solid defensively, Everton and Palace. 2-0 win, 1-0 win. Very professional. You know, they had that three run of bad results. The, the game against Leicester, they were atrocious. The game against Arsenal, they would I think they were a the better team in the first half. Well, a much better team in the first half. Arsenal were brilliant in the second half and Arsenal won the game because they scored two goals late on. They got beat by Man City, which everybody pretty much does. You know, not, nothing to worry about that. But I think Emery's done a brilliant job at Aston Villa and I think already they're the side I'm looking at for to finish the season high. And to um and to start next season well, I mean, I look at you know I, always, I look at teams that carry on with the, the 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 improvement that he's he's done. The players that Stephen Gerrard brought in who weren't performing, they could be a top eight team next season quite easy, or maybe in a push of top six like Brentford and, and Brighton have done this season. So I really want to get with Villa, and I am not convinced at all by West Ham. Absolutely not convinced at all. David Moyes, I feel, is very reluctant in his approach. He doesn't want to change his team. And he got extremely lucky in the last home game against Nottingham Forest. That first half, they were dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. They scored early on in the second, and then they sort of, then Forest just fell away and they won 4-0. The scoreline flattered West Ham, especially on the first half performance. And then after that, they played West Ham, they played Man United in the Cup. Okay, the FA Cup, they lose 3-1. But their league match last week against Brighton, that was one of the worst performances you will see from a football team. If you look at the stats, if you look at everything from it, and West Ham fans were absolutely in disarray with them. They ta- West Ham seems to take one step forward and two steps back every week. And I think the market's wrong here. I just can't believe that West Ham are such overwhelming favourites to beat, to beat Aston Villa. Because barring that second half against Nottingham Forest, West Ham have shown nothing apart from relegation fodder to me. And Aston Villa are looking like a team that could really push for the top half of the season in the second half of the campaign. And for next season, I think they're a side if they can keep, like I say, can build that momentum, they can be pushing for Europe. So for me, Aston Villa, I wouldn't surprise to see Aston Villa win the game at a very nice price. But for the official pick, I'm going to go for Villa on the draw no bet market at plus 135. And if it's a push, we get our money back. And obviously you mentioned there the Europa Cup, Europa League, West Ham do travel to Cyprus to face Larnaca. Um, 
this evening, which isn't ideal preparation. Obviously, they've got the extra day, but as we've seen in history, and I think when West Ham played in the Europa League, the proper Europa League, uh, was it last season, the season before? I can't yeah. remember which season it was. <clears throat> their, their return, their form when they returned was pretty poor. And um, I, I would think that, I think they'll go quite strong tonight against Larnaca because they want to win a trophy and sort of please some of the fans uh, with their performances. But I, I feel that uh, Villa are very, very underrated and West Ham are very, very overrated by Bet Rivers for this match. As, as far as Larnaca goes as well, in terms of European trips, it's quite a long one. It's a mm. good four and a half, five hour flight, which is uh, a lot longer than you know some of the, the teams that you play on the continent. So yeah, that, yeah, that West Ham ain't got the squad to handle that. Right. We talked to rotation ain't got the, the squad to handle that. And obviously they're going to be coming back um, late. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Villa are one of a couple of sides that have made some a very, very good recruitment as far as the management's concerned. And uh, I'm on board with uh, their progression for the rest of the season and then an eye on where they'll be for next season and how it'll be priced. Yeah, for sure. Um, right. Let's move on uh, to our final game. Uh, somehow, broadcasters here in the UK have decided to make this one <laughs> the Super Sunday Clash. Newcastle United versus Wolves. Uh, Jack, give us your take on this one. And, mate. and why do you say that, Harry? Well, I mean, it's a game that I expect there to be very little goal mouth action in, if I'm being honest. Okay, there we go. And that's that summed up. Under two and a half goals, minus 129. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's that, that's that bet. <laughs> yeah, that. You've got that just finished. Get on the free free now. Simeon struck. <laughs> Simeon. Well, You've got I'll, the curse of Simeon. That's like saying, you know, all you need now, Jackie, you need the curse of Simeon. You need me. So listen, you get the vote of confidence. You did a brilliant job on the Premier, yeah. on, on the Premier League show, Jack. Um, we'll, we'll talk about your contract for next season in, the, yeah, in, the, in a few weeks' time. Brilliant, brilliant. Really good. Yeah. So there you go. You could do them both ways now. <laughs> Excellent. Right, yeah. Good. Well, I'll, I'll plough on regardless anyway, as this might be my last time. So, look, back in the unders is obviously the way I'm going to go with this. It cashed last week with uh, Wolves, unsurprisingly. Uh, that was against Spurs. So, we're, as we've said before, we're seeing this sort of similar teams that we're getting on board with because they're being reliable and trustworthy. Um, I think, you know, as a potential outsider, you look at this game and you might look at Newcastle and go, well, that's a bit risky. They've been flying high this season. They've been doing really well under Eddie Howe. Uh, surely they'll blow Wolves away. Um, well, look at a bit more of the detail and you'll see that the last eight Newcastle games have been under two and a half goals. They've had no win in five themselves. And of course, the last four Wolves games have been under two and a half goals. And this has got a very, very strong record. The last seven meetings between these two sides, um, sorry, seven of the last eight meetings between these two sides have been under two and a half goals. Six of those games have ended 1-1. And just for Nigel, just to try and get him back on side, seven of the last nine um, have been level at half time, which is plus one twenty five with Bet Rivers for. It's even bigger. It's bigger than usual. Steely special. Oh, I didn't, I didn't notice that. that. That would have been in. There we go. So no side more unders than Newcastle at home this season. Nine of their twelve have gone under. Um, and look, the thing that potentially um, might sway people here is that you know, okay, that that gap between the two sides. Well, obviously we know Julian Lepetegu's been at Wolves now for eleven Premier League games. Seven of those have gone under 2.5 goals, incidentally. Um, but he's taken 17 points from those 11 games. So he's had a certain turnaround in form. And then looking at the last 11 games for Newcastle, guess how many points they've picked up? 17. So they're actually locked together side by side as far as the points taken over those games are concerned. The games, the goals they've um, 
in those games as well. Um, 22 goals in Lopetegui's 11 games and 18 in the last 11 for Newcastle. So a combined 40 goals across those 22 games. Everything's pointing towards the unders on all those stats that were talked about and how these sides are performing at the moment. Impressed with Lopetegui. I say last week against Spurs, he made a couple of tweaks. Costa went off halfway through the first half. He made two more changes at half time. It was a very Wolves-like performance. They had no shots in the first half whatsoever. Um, and he then like, identified the issues, nullified what Spurs were doing, and then went on and uh, obviously got, ended up getting a winner. Uh, ended up 1-0. Um, as far as Newcastle's dipping form is concerned, that's coincided obviously with the cup final defeat, which has been disappointing. Um, players have dropped off form. Almiron was obviously performing way above his expectations for large parts of the early part of the season. And I think they're also getting more respect from sides that are going to St. James's Park, thinking this side have been up there. They're all thereabouts. We need to like set up a little bit differently. And you do expect that to be the way with Wolves. They will give them respect. Lobotegui's got that knowledge and that ability to be able to go and look to try and quieten that St. James's Park crowd. They're starting to feel that they may be slipping away a little bit in their recent form. But this is the best defence. Newcastle um, have uh, only conceded 17 goals all season against the bluntest attack in Wolves. They've only scored 19. So um, just a last point on the Newcastle side of things. They've scored three goals in the last eight league matches. So shows you where they're at as far as their problems up front are concerned. And there'll be a little rotation up there, but they're not really... They're not scoring those chances. And Joe Linton um, is also suspended for this one as well. Um, in that same period of time, they conceded six. So uh, everything does point towards under two and a half goals here. I was shocked to see it available at minus 129, as shocked as I was with that half-time draw odds as well. So there we go. Under two and a half goals. Harry Simu's vote of confidence, and I'm very happy to go with it. I'll take it on head-to-head. Nice one. Love that, Jack. Thank you so much, mate. Um, let's... Uh... Round up the guys' picks then for this weekend's round of Premier League action. Uh, Nottingham Forest travel to Tottenham this weekend. Nigel's got them at plus one and a half on the Asian handicap. That's a minus one forty-two. He's also gone for Manchester City at minus one and a half uh, for their trip to Crystal Palace. That's at plus. 100 and he's gone for Aston Villa on the draw no bet against West Ham United that's at plus 135 moving on to Jack's bets in the game between Leicester and Chelsea he's gone for Leicester uh, plus a half a goal on the Asian handicap that's at minus 114 he's gone for over two and a half uh, goals in total in the game between Fulham and Arsenal at Craven Cottage and he's gone for under two and a half goals in total in the Super Sunday clash between Newcastle and Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's the guys' picks for this week. Um, thank you all so, so much, as always, for tuning in. Make sure you leave us a review. Make sure you subscribe uh, and make sure you follow the guys' joint handle at Because We Win on Twitter. Uh, you'll find excellent content there, including Nigel in a hammock. Uh, giving out betting tips and Nigel swimming in the sea giving out betting tips you don't get that stuff anywhere else so you want to be following uh, at because we win Uh, Nigel Jack anything to add before we say our goodbyes no no it's just a very big week of tennis as well Uh, the Indian Wells tennis is this week which is like the fifth biggest tennis tournament of the year behind the majors and uh, over in California it's a big big week we've got some loads of shows five shows maybe six actually this week uh, on the women's event and the men's event both being held in Indian Wells in California and Sean Calvert our um, tennis handicapper he's actually in California for us so he'll be there giving you the picks and giving you the videos so he's a bit different for me I don't think he'd be in a hammock I don't think he'd be in a hammock I don't think he'd be I'm not quite I can't imagine him going down a roller coaster lazy river 
giving you the uh, the, ha- the game handicap on Medvedev against Diego Schwartzman. But um, if he does, he does. You know, might be interesting. But I don't think I don't think it's, I don't think it's the kind of thing that he would do. But uh, there you go. But his content to be on there, and uh, we've got some great content. And that tournament goes on for ten days, so huge amount of tennis action and a real busy time of tennis on there as well, as well as the the brilliant, like we say, the league stuff on the French boys is superb. Danielli on Syria and Rodri on uh, La Liga as well. So it's all good. And we've got to, if, if this goes out live in time, obviously there's uh, some Europa League action tonight. Uh, if, if we missed the early games, there's some picks from the late games from RJ and Danielle Fischer-Keller as well. Yep, and some really, really interesting picks indeed. So make sure you check that out as well. Uh, guys, we'll be back uh, next week looking ahead to another weekend of Premier League action. Until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 